1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: God has written his moral law on their hearts, in their hearts it says, and that they they have their conscience and their conscience now bears witness to them between things that are right and wrong, either accusing or excusing what they're doing. And so every person has this moral law on their conscience written in their heart, on their conscience. They have a general sense of, of right and, and wrong.
1: Have you ever taken the time to think about how you know what is morally right versus what is morally wrong? Can you remember a time before you just knew when something was wrong? In today's message, Pastor Dan explains you have a general understanding of right and wrong because God has written his moral law on the hearts of all people. This is what most people know as their conscience, that small voice in the back of your head that tells you when you are about to do something wrong. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of
3: Truth.
2: Loving God sums up the first four commandments. And loving your neighbor sums up the last six commandments. If I love God with all my heart and soul in mind, I will not have other gods. If I love God, I will not have idols. If I love God, I will not use his name in vain, and so on. If I love my neighbor, I will honor my parents. I will not murder my neighbor. I will not steal from my neighbor. If I love my neighbor, I will not bear false witness against my neighbor, and so on. And so the Ten Commandments can be summed up with the word love. Loving God and loving others. The Ten Commandments show us how to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, and how to love our neighbor as ourself, now God will give the children of Israel a total of six hundred thirteen laws in the law, what we call the law of Moses. These are just the first ten, and these ten are unique, and they are treated differently than the other six hundred three commandments. These are unique first of all because God spoke these first ten audibly to the entire nation. The other laws he will give directly to Moses, and Moses will write them down and communicate them to the people. But these first ten commandments are different from the rest of the commandments because they are spoken to the entire congregation of Israel audibly by God, plus God will write the ten commandments on two tablets of stone with his own finger. God did not write the other commandments with his own finger on tablets of stone. He dictates the other commandments to Moses, and Moses writes them down. God writes these ten with his own finger on tablets of stone. So again, they are treated differently than the other 600-plus commandments. The Bible tells us the two tablets of the Ten Commandments were placed in the Ark of the Covenant— with Aaron's rod and a jar of manna. Wouldn't it be awesome if someone discovered the Ark of the Covenant? Where's Indiana Jones, right? And wouldn't it be amazing to see the two tablets of the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God? I wonder what God's penmanship looks like. And so the Ten Commandments are unique from the other commandments in the law of Moses And the Ten Commandments, as we'll see as we're studying through the law, the Ten Commandments are foundational for all the other commandments. And these Ten Commandments are important in part because they give us a universal moral code. They give us an absolute standard of right and wrong for all people everywhere in every age. God, the creator of man and judge of all, gives us his standard of right and wrong for all people everywhere, not just the Israelites, but for all of mankind. And the Bible tells us, please listen, the Bible tells us that God has written his moral code, his moral law, on man's heart. And we see this moral code Written on man's heart, even before it was given at Mount Sinai. Earlier, in the book of Exodus, for example, earlier, the Egyptians, we saw the Egyptians were given over to idolatry. And God judged their idols, their gods, their idolatry. We saw earlier in the book of Exodus that Moses murdered an Egyptian and then buried his body. And when he learned that his murder was known, Moses fled for his life. Moses knew that murder was wrong. How did he know that? Because the law of God is written on man's heart. In the book of Genesis, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph to get him to commit adultery. With her, and Joseph fled. And Joseph said he did not want to sin against God before the law is given. How did Joseph know that adultery was a sin against God before the law was even given? Because the law of God was written on his heart. Abraham lied about his wife Sarah, not once, but twice. Lot coveted the land of Sodom because it was a well-watered land. Cain murdered Abel. Even back to the Garden of Eden, Eve coveted the forbidden fruit because it looked good to her and she thought it would make her wise. That's coveting. And when Adam ate of the forbidden fruit, we're told that his sin caused death to enter the world and death was passed to all of mankind, and so Adam really, in a way, he murdered all of mankind by his sin. And there's many other examples I could share with you, but this just shows that God's moral law that is represented here in the Ten Commandments, it is written on man's heart, and it has been written on man's heart from the first man, from Adam. This is why universally... These things are wrong in every society, every culture, and every age. Murder is wrong in every culture and society. Stealing is wrong. Lying is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Why is that? Because God has written his law, his moral code, on the hearts of men. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 2. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 14. Look what it says. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, so they don't have the law of Moses, they don't have the Ten Commandments. Never heard of it. Don't know what you're talking about. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature, just naturally in them, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts. The law is written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness in between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. And you know what that's like to have your conscience accuse you or excuse you where you feel and you know that conviction that what you're doing is wrong. But we're told here that people that don't have the law of Moses, they don't have the Ten Commandments at all, that God has written his moral law on their hearts, in their hearts, it says, and that they have their conscience, and their conscience now bears witness to them between things that are right and wrong, either accusing or excusing what they're doing. And so every person has this moral law on their conscience, written in their heart, on their conscience. They have a general sense of of right and, and wrong. And and this is why no one really has an excuse. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say things like, "Well, what about the person who doesn't have the Bible?" Or what about the person who's never heard of Jesus Christ? Why why would God judge them? Well, God has written his law on the heart, on their heart, in their heart. They also have their conscience telling them what is right and wrong. And have they obeyed their conscience and always done what is right? And the answer is no, they haven't. So they're guilty. Now, the Ten Commandments are this kind of universal moral law. This, this standard of right and wrong that God has written into man's heart everywhere in every age. So we have our conscience now that tells us when we're doing something we shouldn't do, that's against God's moral law. Jesus tells us in the last days, lawlessness will abound. And he's not talking about like Maryland statutes. He's talking about the law of God. People will abandon the law of God. People will abandon the moral code that God has written in their hearts. People will ignore their conscience that is telling them that this is wrong. They'll abandon God's written law. And lawlessness will characterize the last days before Christ's return. Now you're in Romans chapter 2. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 tells us what happens when a person or a society abandons God and abandons God's moral code that is written on their hearts. He tells us what lawlessness looks like. Jesus said, Lawlessness will abound. Well, he tells us here in Romans chapter 1 what that will look like. Look at verse 18, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, look what it says, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth that is in them.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first... Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: They've got the law written on their hearts. They've got their conscience telling them if this is right or wrong or good or bad. And they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Look what it says in verse 19. Because what may be known of God is manifested where? In them. In them. What may be known of God is manifested in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made and even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse here's here's what he's saying they have the law in them written in them they have the truth in them but they're suppressing the truth and they have creation around them verse 20 and the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen and understood by the things that are made, that's people, his eternal power and his Godhead. So everybody knows that there's a God. Creation testifies to that. Even if they say, I'm an atheist. Well, the word of God says that you, you know there's a God. And everybody knows right from wrong because the law is written on man's heart. It has a general sense of right and wrong, but they suppress the truth that God has manifested in them. Look at verse 21, because although they knew God, not in a saving way of knowing him, but they they know that there's a God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image that's idolatry. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Now look at verse 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever and amen. For this reason, verse 26, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lusts for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due to And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters inventors of evil things disobedient to parents undiscerning untrustworthy unloving unforgiving unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of god that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them now notice in verse 24 the phrase god gave them up and then in verse 26 God gave them up. And then in verse 28, God gave them over. When a society abandons God, God it reaches a point where he abandons that society. And God gives them over to their sin. He gives them over to whatever their heart desires, and he removes his restraint from that society. And that's God's judgment against that society. He just gives them over. He abandons them. When we think of God's judgment, we typically think, you know, fire and brimstone raining down, you know, from the sky upon a city or whatever. But when a society suppresses the truth that is in them, the law written on their hearts, and they abandon God's morals, God's judgment may be just to give them over to their desires and just abandon them. And that's the penalty they receive. And this is what lawlessness abounding looks like. Jesus said, lawlessness will abound in the last days before my return. This is what it looks like. And look again at what it says. A society, this is a society that is under the judgment of God's abandonment, if you want to call it that. And this society that is under the judgment of God's abandonment is characterized by rampant sexual perversion and a social breakdown. It's characterized by a twisting of what is natural when it comes to sexuality and gender along with a breakdown of law and order in the family, in the society. That's a society that is experiencing the judgment of God's abandonment. That's a society that's just been given over to its sin by God. And you look at this list in verses 29 and 30, as we read through it, you could see the Ten Commandments in there, couldn't you? Going through it. You know, sexual immoralities in there, murders in there, deceit, that would be lying, you know, disobedient to parents in verse 30, right, Un- unloving, right, that that's, you see the Ten Commandments in that list. And so the Ten Commandments are God's moral code, just written on the hearts of all people, It's it's a universal standard of right and wrong. Now, in our time that's remaining, I want to talk about our relationship now as Christians to the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments in particular. As I said earlier, we're no longer under the Old Covenant. We're no longer under the law. But nine of the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Covenant. Nine of the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Covenant and are part of the New Covenant. The only one of the Ten Commandments not repeated in the New Covenant is the keeping of the Sabbath day, and we'll talk about that in detail in a future study. The other nine commandments still apply to the Christian. It's still wrong to covet. It's still wrong to steal. It's still wrong to murder, to commit adultery, or to lie, or to have other gods, or to bow down to idols, or to take the name of the Lord in vain. We should still honor our mother and father. All these commandments are still applicable to, to us, not because the law of Moses is still in effect, but because these same commandments are part of the new covenant and repeated in the new covenant. And and I want to point this out to you because this can be confusing to Christians. Because they they think, well, is part of the law of Moses still in effect? Are we still responsible for keeping the law? Are we still obligated to keeping the 10 commandments and 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 how do we know what part of the law of Moses we should obey and what's no longer applicable? And sometimes you'll hear people even say, well, it seems like we're picking and choosing the commandments from the law of Moses and we're keeping some of the commandments and we're ignoring other commandments and how does this all fit together some will even teach that part of the law of moses is still in effect so the law of moses has been done away with in its entirety we're not under the law of moses at all not even part of it 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 came to an end with the death of jesus christ and the enacting of the new covenant but nine of the 10 commandments are found In the New Covenant, some of the same laws appear in both covenants. You know, I used to live in Florida. And when I lived in Florida, I had a Florida driver's license. And I was subject to the laws of Florida. When I moved to Maryland, I got a Maryland driver's license. And now I'm subject to the laws of Maryland. But some of the laws in Maryland are the exact same laws they had in Florida. And now, when I'm driving, and if I speed—I'm just saying this for your for your purposes—and if I break the speed limit and I get a ticket, I'm not breaking Florida law. I'm not under Florida law anymore. I'm breaking Maryland law. I don't get a ticket from Florida. I get a ticket from the state of Maryland. Same laws, two different states. Well, with the New Covenant, we're under the New Covenant, but the Old Covenant no longer applies, but some of the same laws appear in the New Covenant that were in the Old Covenant. Does that make sense? All right, so now turn over to Romans chapter 7. I don't feel like I've confused you quite enough yet tonight, but I have a few more minutes left to give it a shot here. So Romans chapter 7, and I just want to look at uh, two more passages together before we end our time. Verse 1 Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man.
3: He asked me how I know and I say ring truer than the finest crystal.
1: With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions? If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times along with midweek service times are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition Of Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs, and I recognize the